0: Hey folks, it's Podcast Paper and Pain and your host today Christian.
1: I'm Steve.
0: And today we are talking about design systems.
1: something I've been working for the past few years Um, basically I'm struggling with my life doing the same shit every day but I do enjoy design system in a way that bring order to complexity because there are so many things that in our life has to be complicated complexity is the nature and that's why we need a design system so basically bring order to complexity that's that's what I tell my designers every day I've been working on a design system for the past few years, and I still enjoy it.
0: If you were to just summarize in general, mm-hmm. for someone who's totally new to it, because I don't work with design systems as much as you do. Mm-hmm. I'm a user, <laughs> not, not an active contributor. Okay. Uh, if you would summarize it, mm-hmm. what a design system is, what would you say, what is design
1: system in reality? I would say design system is, okay, let's start it from the very beginning, when we started with Sketch, or probably when everything started with Photoshop. Years ago, before Figma Sketch was actually born, people actually, designers doing the design in Photoshop, basically, that was the web age, and we're creating all the buttons, Basically there was like only maybe one or two designers working on a the project. They kind of designed the whole website, designed the whole app. So there's no such thing as design system by them because they know what they're doing. They have they'd seen each other's doing it every day and they just created okay, we wanted to do the button and the button is supposed to look consistent across the whole platform and therefore you have a little bit of rules for all the system there. Kind of a systematic. You have sticking to the same colors, sticking to the same shape, sticking to the same shadow, sticking to the same line weight or outline. Their strokes there. And typography, as yes, on the other aspect, you need some system for that. But there was no such as design system because there are only one or two designers working on that. They do not really need a design system to hold everything for that. It's like they already have the common book of all the understanding. There's one book of a single source of truth and we don't need a design system. But then things changed. When we go to the days when design just began, just become a very, very big thing and all the big companies starting to do design, they're starting to think, okay, we need good performance. We need a good website. We also need a good application interface. We need a good website to do that. And then we're, they started hiring a lot of designers. And the problem with that thing is, when you have the house of 10 designers working together, we don't have them to see each other, what they're doing every day. And you have no idea when you're crafting the, a button here, the other person on the other side of the room is actually crafting the button the, the button in the same manner as you're crafting. And therefore, people start to think, okay, we need some guideline on that. And then start to documentating a lot of things down documentation there therefore came in. But then, by then, it was not designed yet because it's not even a system, it's more like a handbook or the guideline, a guide, design guide, a visual guide. But then we started to find it's very hard to communicate from designer perspective to developer because the way how they build up component, the way how they build up all the things in a code is very different from how we build up our, our design in Sketch. By then Figma was not even born yet and we decided okay we need to find a common understanding between designers and developers and that's where the design token actually came in and that was actually kind of really really big major breakthrough basically token is where a design system actually started when you're talking about token that's where you have the systematic way of thinking the design connecting with components with with code and how everything's supposed to be how they work on binary word and yes so what is design system in reality? I would say it's it's a set of rules that actually bind designers to make sure they're working towards the same art direction, visual direction, and also a set of rules actually help to bind designers and developers to find out, okay, there's a way you can build your component in a similar way how we build a component we build our component visually in design. And the linking bridges where the design system is and design system is also a linking bridge between design team and developer team. Um, basically design system team should be able to understand how component works, how how those things actually constructed in a systematic way, but they should also know how those components actually been constructed in a code perspective. So it's something that can be built in Figma, has to be built in a code anyway or otherwise it won't happen. It's not buildable. So we are also linking business need with us because, well, you know, business, they're just coming to us every day with you know, brand new ideas. You have to make sure all the ideas has some possible way to be achieved. Or otherwise those design for our proposal just gonna be end up in trash The The
0: way it actually sounds, does make me think of two things mm-hmm. uh, the first one is definitely our strive for standardization mm-hmm. in general we know that every company you know even company before companies were a thing uh, we know from from history that every empire was essentially built on standardization whether it's the chinese empire or the mm-hmm. roman empire the moment when you manage to mass manufacture, mass produce weapons uh, and they are made of like reusable components and you can create the exact same weapon uh, on different factories across your empire. You know that you can produce as many of them uh, as no one else could.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At the same time, uh, the when, when we're talking about design, we also imply that there is a level of creativity involved in that. And when we bring mass manufacturing or reproduction or standardization to it, there comes this big problem. And that, that is the problem that I essentially wanted to discuss today. Are design systems making us less creative? Are they contributing to that diminishing creativity that a lot of us feel? Are they actually making us more like robots, They're just mm-hmm. building buildings out of legal blocks mm-hmm. or are they doing something else to us? Because from what you just said, mm-hmm. we're trying to unify mm-hmm. our components. We're trying to get to a point where we've got tokens mm-hmm. and we are in line with be- in be- between developers, designers, project managers. The entire organization is basically moving in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Where is this? creative outlet
1: mm-hmm. that we can apply okay so imagine this um, which we normally use that as a, as a metaphor design system is basically how you build a Lego block and okay think about this when you have all the Legos in the house without a manual you do have all the Lego blocks there and do you know how they build I mean as a kid of course if you don't know anything about architecture, it just anyhow assembled it. And still, it became something creative. I didn't even have manuals. I only had like random Legos, and I had to use creativity to assemble something. Exactly, yes. So, so that's the good thing about Lego, because there are two ways to build a Lego. You can build a Lego according to the manual, and then as an outcome, you achieve something that it looks exactly like how the Lego box cover page looks like that's your goal okay i build it and that's great another way to build with lego is basically you don't have a manual you just create whatever their imaginary things in your in your brain and then that's that's how your idea became a lego piece of lego art but either way the lego blocks are still there they're still the same same lego blocks
0: So there is a level at which you should just stop reinventing it mm-hmm. and you need to embrace the fact that you can reuse something but there is a level of abstraction that you reach where you actually do need to get creative in order to produce something right
1: there is yes so mm. that, that's what I told my team yes um, what we're trying to do is not to provide a set meal for all the designers as a design system designer what we do is we do, we do create components. Yes, uh, a few years ago, uh, when design system was just like, became the big topic for everyone, um, everybody started to think, okay, design system is like, I'm going to bring all the patterns into the library and make it as a component. So when you're gonna use it, use the same pattern. As a result, yes, it's standardized and everything looks the same. It's the same pattern, but just replacing the content, replacing the color maybe, sometimes replacing the topography a little bit but everything started to look the same. And that is not how design systems should be. So we started with something different. We introduced something called modular design. So basically nowadays, when you see the component, it's actually they've been granulated into a smaller detail into a lower level. It's like a building blocks. So basically thinking about that, thinking about those as a Lego blocks. And you can easily swap those components. For example, when I'm talking about a profile page, and you have all the different fields over there. Or maybe, let's say, you're looking at a menu page. So what you can have on the left, you can have an avatar, you can have an icon, you can on the left you can have nothing, or you can have a different, maybe a thumbnail. In the middle you can have your name, you can have your contact number, you can have your link, you can have a different, maybe a description, or maybe even the date, like your birthday. On the right, you can have the chevron, you can have the tick, you can have nothing. You can have a checkbox you can have a radio button there so at the end of the day that one is still the menu it itself is called a menu um, component but you can actually swap the left middle and the right to achieve different combination that's more called a modular component so so all the all all this thing on the left and the middle right those are are called sub component and they're building a component, but it's so flexible, you can actually swap and make a lot of combination as you can. In old days, when we designed that, you need to come up with all the permutations, and basically we're talking about like 15, 16, hundred different components for that component, using the variant to bind them together. And now, what we're doing now is, you know, if you go to a casino, those slot machine there, they have mm. this, all the, all the all this wheels there, there. Mm. basically you just push the slot, and pull the lever and you have all the different combination. And that's actually how that subcomponent actually works. You can pull the lever and you give you all the infinite different combination. And depends on how designer use it, you can still be creative with the component we're providing. So basically we're not making their life harder. We're making their life easier so they can actually not think too much about is this the right component to use? Is this, uh, should I break it? Did I break it? because if they break it, we are going to go after them, so yeah, but they will be, they will just forget about this, they will be focused, putting more time on, okay, on putting up the the right flow, they're focusing more about it, the flow, the experience level, rather than just the component, which component to use, or if it's the right component to use. And that is actually our job, not making their life difficult, but actually, helps them saving them a lot of time to to let them focus on something that's more creative
0: interesting I actually wanted to bring our attention to what you said before about the definition of a design system and what makes it a system essentially you see a lot of people on Twitter that talk about how they are designing their own design system for the first Mm time and every time I see that and I see a lot of like experienced designer doing that as well mm-hmm. i realized that there is a very clear distinction between a design system and a ui kit and i'm not trying to be a purist really mm-hmm. i couldn't care less about what you call a thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: as long as you are doing uh, what you should be doing as long as the tool is doing what you should be doing yep. but in this case i think it's a very important thing to just emphasize that you can't call it a design system unless th- all three elements, maybe maybe even more, you tell me that's like from, from from your perspective if that's enough come together. Your components however modular they are, uh, your code that makes sure that you can actually reuse those components independently and that mm-hmm. things don't break when you change one thing and then developers can actually implement those changes gradually and they propagate across the entire system. of. Mm-hmm. And the principles I'm talking about writing principles, I'm talking about principles of usage, so it's not just like visual guidelines. These are the colors that you can't mix together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also talking about the principles of user experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm talking about accessibility that's embedded in, the, in those components. I'm talking about writing guidelines, tone of voice, mm-hmm. uh, the brand voice in general. And a lot of other things that make it a system, that turn a UI kit, and this is what a lot of those designers are doing. They're building buttons, mm-hmm. uh, they may be doing beautiful components, but to me, something that makes a design system a design system and makes mm-hmm. it a good system is a set of principles that guide its creation, its maintenance, and ensure that it's sustainable.
1: Mm-hmm
0: what makes a good design system good
1: to you um okay there's a few things i probably need to consider about first is um well accessibility everybody's talking about it but when you actually come to business that's not the first priority you need to design for the biggest audience first and accessibility wise they're actually coming to a very small portion of user it's going to be something like good to have feature but for business they won't be Taking as the first place with accessibility. So, but to me, a good design system, first of all, it should be scalable. It's does scalability. Because when you start to design a design system from scratch at the very beginning, everything is easy. You only have a few different type of button. You only have a few different type of patterns there. But then when you start to make the app, the user interaction, the, 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 the whole UX flow to be a little bit more complicated ever, you are having an exponentially increasing amount of a component in your design system mm-hmm. and your library just getting exploded and not only your library is getting exploded, but developer and their coding library is also getting exploded because they're just basically do whatever based on how you define your system. If you're gonna get in one more instance there, they're gonna create one more instance, one more, one more variant on their end. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing is, when everybody starting to use your component, and we're not talking about using the component for 10 times or 20 times on a board. I, I saw my, I was auditing one of the designers uh, board yesterday mm-hmm. and there's one widely they use is like a list item there. And guess how many occurrence for that instance on that board? There are two more than 2,000 occurrence there. Oh my God. Which means if I'm going to make a change to that component, like for example if i'm going to change an icon's position shifting one pixel or i'm going to change the layer name it needs to it propagate to, across 2000 components it will update the moment when he hit updates that Uh-oh. if that layer was not properly content tagged and i just basically change the layer name all the content will be reset to oh. laura ibsen and the content designer is gonna shoot me right away right yes so that's that's it because when a component is carefully crafted you need to think all about this before it actually come to you you just think about this in the 10 times scale scale even 100 times scale in the future so scalability is it's really important at the beginning a good component a good system has this uh, capable capability to to be scaled in a very big manner of course we can't really predict how the future come to us mm-hmm. but we can actually get all the lessons learned from the previous errors previous mistakes and we keep that in mind when we design when we craft a new component and we keep a very close uh relationship or a very close communication with uh, developers who actually in charge of crafting all this mm-hmm. translating our component into their code library so they ha- they know what we- what's going on here, what are the changes happening there, and they can actually update on their end. So they won't be like, um, I'm creating a very advanced design system and designers are actually all using the advanced of the latest component, but developer, they're still using a version of a design system, the code library does like two or three sprint yeah. backward, and that's gonna be horrible. Yeah, so the engagement between design system team and design, um, oh, there's another word for that, actually, design operation and dev operation. And design really ops and dev ops, right? Yeah, dev yeah. ops and design ops, yeah. So basically, when you have a design system team, in the general way to describe it, it's not only design system, it's actually design ops, because you need to talk to business as well. You right. need to talk to devs, yeah. So basically, that's, that's, that's a good design system. So scalability is probably the first thing come to my mind. And uh, the second thing is flexibility, which I just described about the modular, modular component. Uh, that, unfortunately, became a very big issue to my work recently because there's a lot of legacy component. And I, I, I kind of feel yeah. like legacy...
0: Uh, I'm, I'm trying to adopt a slightly different view mm-hmm. of what legacy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to believe that every time you want to achieve greatness, mm-hmm. you actually need to strive for a big shot, which in the design world uh, usually manifests as a redesign. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a lot of young people, in myself included in that list, that attempt to redesign things like Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram or an OS. Mm -hmm. thinking that they're not just capable of doing that but they understand how it's done and that's the only thing Mm -hmm. that a designer can do is to just dispose of everything that they have today and build it from scratch i know that a lot of engineers are also tempted with that Uh, Mm -hmm. i know that many companies did that uh, before and many companies suffered from doing that because Mm -hmm. the cost is tremendous The effort that you need to spend on building things from scratch is always, always huge. And unless it's justifiable by the business outcomes, Mm -hmm. it's usually not worth it. The way I see legacy today is we need to build on top of that. And we need to gradually replace uh, outdated components, Mm -hmm. if we're talking about design system. And in general, we need to be replacing outdated tech slowly Mm and just step by step. Because incremental is always better. It's less pressure on the team. It's less pressure on the user. Because the user doesn't have to get used to the whole new experience. The whole new UI overnight. That's just changed. Gradual and change. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people a lot of people don't really take that well. Even when the experience is great. We've seen
1: redesigns that fail mm. because of that.
0: Because oh, novelty yeah. scares. I
1: remember the first time when Instagram was actually changing all their local colors. Exactly. And people get used to it.
0: Like flat design... Uh You see the introduction of iOS 7 or Metro Mm -hmm. UI Windows. Mm -hmm. This is not a new thing. We know that, like, Swiss design existed We know that
1: Instagram is going to... Sooner or later, is going to change your flat design, but it's still the logo. They just can't get rid of the the rainbow logos. But, I mean,
0: when you change it slowly, Mm -hmm. you give yourself some time to adjust, you give other people some time to adjust, and you may save yourself from making big mistakes. So... uh, scalability is definitely one of the things that make a great system to me as a user Mm -hmm. because when i know that when the system keeps growing i don't have to worry about losing some components Mm -hmm. i know they'll be gradually replaced and phased out Uh, i'm not going to lose all of my designs overnight because designers decide that well to hell with that let's just build a new one altogether Mm
1: -hmm.
0: the amount of time it takes to replace all the components
1: i mean well, I'm still a fan of just demolish everything and get everything from ground up. You know, I came from architectural background, and in architecture and construction, we have a term called greenfield project and brownfield project. Basically, greenfield project it means you're going to make a building. Out of nowhere, you you you're building on a pit of grassland. That's why they call a greenfield. Okay. And brownfield is basically you're gonna demolish the building, demolish, and that will be kind of brown field became a brownfield. And they're gonna to, I, I, I mean, sometimes not really demolishing, but you just like maybe you're demolishing part of a building, and you're gonna build something on that. Maybe you're gonna use this current building as the base, but you extended it. Maybe just get one more layer on the top, or maybe you extend it to a like different direction there and based on the experience brownfield is always more difficult than greenfield but brownfield costs way less than greenfield but not always the case there are cases when the building is um, complying to a very difficult very difficult local uh, regulation or they have a very very difficult landscape there Basically, for example, you're in the seismic area, uh, you are in, there's a, there's a l- large forest beside the building, you can't just like go in and demolish everything, you cut all the trees. And as an architecture requirement, that's actually gonna cost you more to plan it carefully. Mm-hmm. So not always the case brownfield is actually cheaper than greenfield. And the same thing goes for the design system. If you are having a lot of legacy issue, I'm not saying it's a, good, it's a bad thing, and um, it might sometimes take even more cost for you to do a little modification here and there because there, it's been used there everywhere. Think about 2000 instances there, the designers using on the board. I am so scared to touch anything there before I click that push and update design system button. Sure. We have to do a lot of experiment to see, okay, we're gonna to try to do this change in Figma to see if this change is gonna impact them. We actually even create a, a dummy board, put it over there to see if actually this change we push as a result will actually be anything detrimental to them or it's okay. If there is something detrimental, we think about a solution for that. So we do like a lot of experiment before we actually start to push those updates to the component, especially those legacy components. Why
0: do you think this happens in general? Uh, so we we all know that when we start building a system, it we always want to do... like We, also have, we always have a perfect version of it in our heads. Mm-hmm. We know the best practices. We know what to follow. We know how to build it. And we try to build it perfectly. But then at some point, something breaks. And it becomes legacy. It doesn't happen overnight, right? It doesn't, yeah. So what happens? How did this perfectly fine design system that was there just a couple months ago turned into this nightmare that you can't really maintain and the best choice you've got is just to demolish the whole thing and rebuild it from scratch.
1: Well, that would be actually what we're talking about app release when you're jumping from 5.0 to 6.0. So basically this legacy doesn't actually come in one night but it does come in one night when a business is telling you okay, tomorrow we are going to, de- to sunset this app and we're going to create a new app. There's a new branding CI, there's a new design language. Okay, it's a good chance for everything to start from the ground up. But still, for designer, it actually is okay. We just create a new system and We just build something, and we love to do that. we love to do a lot of exploration. Yeah, but it's a nightmare for design. for developers. They've been using the same code language five to six years ago. They can't just like start to write everything from the ground up there's a lot of module that we use and there's a lot of logic behind all the components they can't just like ditch everything so for designers yes we can build a design system one night and we're enjoying that for developers they have to slowly adapt to every change we did and try to reuse as much as possible that's more like an engineering efficiency so if they didn't handle it properly it became a legacy issue interesting that you look at it from the engineering
0: standpoint because uh, I asked you a question, and the first thing that popped into my head was this, like, the biggest nightmare of any designer that works with design system: somebody detaching components.
1: Oh, you know, that's what I told um, that my my designer friends. Uh, rule number one for design system is D and D: Do not detach. Uh, Why is this such a big issue? Like, aren't are we supposed to be creative after all? Yes, I agree that yes, but not when you are not doing something ex- explosive, uh, ex- explorative.
0: So if I'm if I'm just if I'm just looking for a way to go, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I
1: want with the components. I'm fine with that. If you want to detach a component because you are exploring a new art direction, for sure, go ahead with it. You can detach as many as you can because. But the biggest challenge about detaching a component is imagine this. Imagine um, design system is a big tree and you have all the branches yeah. there. So every leaf, they look identical. Yeah. And those leaves are actually all from the same master component. Those are just instances over there. But one day, one leaf decided, okay, I don't want to build on this tree anymore and started to do his own branch and then he detached himself. Someone will tell you it's evolution it's Natural, yes, but as a nature thing, if the leaf on a branch decides to detach from the tree, it falls, and then the leaf turns to yellow and then turns to brown, it just dies off. And even though how much I wish I could help the leaf, when the leaf is very detached, I can't actually extend my nutrient to them to save it back. Okay. So that's the problem when you detach the component, even though I I have some update to my master component i want to tell you okay we have some enhancement that's going to make your life even easier and when i push the component it's out but your component is really detached from the design system you don't receive the update right and nobody noticed it designer probably won't notice it po don't care about it but two months after that po looking at it again and po looking at the other po's work how come their design looks so different from mine? And then you just you start to realize, wait, this is not attached to my library. Then
0: you have another legacy issue. That's another legacy issue. Components, components just being detached outdated. and then migrating yeah, from, from one file to another. So
1: detached component is actually more dangerous than outdated component.
0: Right. What uh, what I started doing with my files, uh, in again, I'm, I'm not even an active contributor. I can mm-hmm. work in like, components occasionally and just submit something but mm-hmm. I'm usually just a user but I, I started having branches mm-hmm. where I'm doing explorations but yeah. the main file that I work in is always basically the source of truth and you the production should, yes. version yeah. mm-hmm. so I, I, I detach components mm-hmm. I remove everything I purge it all, I create new ones, I play around, knock mm-hmm. myself out and do whatever I want. But that's the moment right, yeah. where I merge it with the main branch, mm-hmm. the moment where I push the changes, I only push components. And if there's new components that I've just built, I'm actually really just pushing it. them back to the, to the design system. Because yep. I've, I've created a new one, essentially, mm-hmm. and now I need to make sure that whoever wants to use it doesn't go to my file and copies it from there, and then the, the, the whole thing happens. Yes, yes.
1: Th- that's supposed to be the right way and I'm okay if actually I really encourage designers to detach if they're doing some exploration. I'm telling them don't be restricted by how the components define. Go ahead and play around with it. If you think there is a better solution for that component actually can fit your business need and you actually have a discussion with a PO and they think, okay, this is probably gonna be a better solution, but we don't have such component yet. I detach it so I can actually create a better pattern. I'm very happy actually, the designer can actually come back to me and telling me, explain to me, okay, this is a better solution. Then we're we'll actually be working on that. Okay, maybe, we should actually change the component. Then we'll be working on our end to upgrade the component to give the proper naming for each layer. Yes, I do name every layer of my component. Um, that's the, the, another rule for design system designers too. You have to name every layer. It has something to do with com- con- content tagging anyway. And to make it responsive because you're not designing for 375 screen, you're designing for all different sizes of screen. It's responsiveness test as well, um, different language tests as well color test um accessibility test so all the things we have we we're doing what we what our job supposed us to do okay. so after we updating then all then we will we'll, we'll be safe to tell everybody okay thanks for your input the designers and this time we're gonna have an update for our component that's gonna make real life easier. But don't be scared to update that update button in Figma because you will be safe once you update it. Nothing's gonna change your end. Right. Yeah, nobody's gonna jump, but your is just getting better. It's just QOL, quality of life improvement. Right, right. It, it, it looks
0: like literally every designer on the team can contribute to the design system. Yeah, just absolutely. push their designs into it. but. Mm-hmm. What does it take to to
1: actually join a design system team? Um, well, if you're asking the question two years ago, I'll probably say everybody can join the design system team. You can, <laughs> you can even take your design system buddy program or design system internship program to actually join us, and just get your hands dirty, do as many as as much work as you want. Um, but nowadays, a good, um, okay. If you want to join the design system team, first you need to have this level of systematic thinking, because you're no longer thinking about your project. You need to see uh, different features, different business need across different projects. But still, yeah. even though they're different projects, they're still living in the same app. You definitely don't want your app to look like uh, when you're switching between tabs. You're actually switching between different apps. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the first the systematic way of thinking. You need to see how does this component actually can fit in different projects onto the same app and the second thing is um, token yes I token sounds very uh, very alien to many designers because they just basically don't understand all the naming convention uh, but I do encourage design to actually go ahead and dig out a little bit more about token naming um, that's actually getting a little bit hype this year especially now you have the AI's help. You can actually use AI to help you to come out with uh, automatically name your token system. I mean, like a naming convention. So basically it just gives you all the permutation of different tokens you're gonna use the design system. That's make your life way easier. I remember a few years ago when we started our design system, everybody's struggling with the token naming. And we have a different cultural background. And we just like, we have, every once in a while we have our naming crisis. Like, whether you want to call rounded square, or rounded corner, square, rounded right. rectangle, right. or squircle, well, there's guess, such y- word for that. Yeah, yeah, 60% uh, corner radius yes. in, in Figma. Makes 16% it... corner radius for that. Yeah. I gave That's lecture to all the designers who came to me and asking me about what is continuous curve. And then I literally, I literally just throw the mathematical formula back. I know I was just being very really geeky with that, but I love that continuous curve. Folks, if you listen in to us, uh, do Google that continuous curve. Sixty percent of iOS. There's a reason why iPhone curvature looks identical, perfectly shaped according to all the corner radius in the app icon and the in the little button sheets there. It's all in the tiny, tiny little details that makes. I love those awesome. details. Yeah.
0: So it's systematic thinking, yeah. it's essentially future thinking a little bit because you need to be able to foresee the changes and make Mm -hmm. sure it's scalable in the future. Uh, It's this level of understanding uh, of essentially how tiny little things impact the big picture and how small changes can actually propagate all across the entire system. I think in a way it's very similar to how in, uh, in engineering, basically in uh, programming languages you have your variables you need to find a proper name for a variable or a function and it needs to be for instance for a function it needs to be descriptive because Mm -hmm. you need to be able to give it to another programmer Mm -hmm. and for them to understand what this function is doing it can't be just named randomly Uh, it should describe what it does and the same with a variable it should tell you what it does is that enough like if I'm good at thinking about systems and I'm good at naming my variables,
1: am I, am I a good fit for a design systems team? Then okay, are you ready to become kind of a policeman? Because that's what we refer to in the design system team. You're basically a policeman in your team. Are you ready to be a policeman in your team?
0: So what? Are you chasing,
1: beating down people for detaching condonants? Yes. Um. Well, verbally we don't, but mentally we do judging just joking um yes um basically the policeman is actually to keep the crime outside there especially the crime you can't really see it's hidden crimes there like detention component that oh. kind of thing
0: so you're the you're the good type of police that's not really beating people up you are the type of police that is trying to prevent the crime from happening we were tell
1: them nicely of course yeah we we'll are giving them proper education and you're trying to educate people yes. right right I mean this is fine because um, they do not live in uh, What designers are working on their design file they're actually more engaged with business in their own small little projects yeah but uh, we may not have all the depth they have but we have the weeds actually in all the different projects there. so we had a better picture of how different projects are actually working on the same going on at the same time um, so we can actually give it a little bit better insights to tell it, okay, you want to use this pattern, but what we know is this kind of behavior, we also have a similar behavior using another project, but use a different pattern. Maybe we should standardize it and it's all about discussing. Yeah. So after you discuss with them, then we can use the better solution and that's how we standardize the pattern across the platform.
0: Interesting. So you, you, you do need to have a set of very special skills if you want to be a design system specialist. But I think the only question that I still have, mm-hmm. I think everyone else does, uh, you say it yourself. You've already managed to use AI to help you name your components. You already have very impressive examples of Figma plugins, like the mm-hmm. one that Uber designed, that just put together... Uh, screens and mockups based on your description. Mm -hmm. So all you need to do is essentially just provide it with a set of components which Mm -hmm. it can also design and generate
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and you just need to describe in which order you want them to appear on the screen. Then someone may just ask you Mm -hmm. why do we even need design system designers Mm -hmm. if we can just automate this? Is this job at risk of being essentially made redundant in the next 10 years by...
1: Artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence for sure is gonna be an assistant, but I would say it won't be make redundant at all. Not our job. Um, the good thing about artificial intelligence is it actually help us with a lot of repetitive work. When you have no idea about all the naming conventions, the token, and documentation. That's actually what we did uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I hate write documentation. I hate to write all this documentation for, for the because yeah. I am one creative component, I know all the permutation, I know all the scenarios there. Yeah. But uh, but the thing is, I don't want to write everything down. It's in my mind. Just writing yeah. it down is really painful. So what I normally do is I'll just give a few prompts there, put it into AI, I'll put it into ChatGPT, and ChatGPT can actually help me to write a documentation based on my prompt. It actually did a really good job and write a lot of things in there. Um, that's something AI can actually help with it, but I don't think AI is going to take our job because AI does not have the understanding of how. Yes, AI can give me all the permutation based on the component I provided. Can you ask the AI to help you to build a Lego according to your manual? It will probably give you all the different permutations, but only one of the cells permutation is actually the right Lego you want to build. So AI does not have that judgment on that. Still. But what AI can actually help you to do is, maybe out of this 1,000 permutation, out of that one, that looks like the Lego you'll try to build, there are a few more different Lego. Actually, it also looks pretty nice, but in a different way. So that's what AI can actually do. Actually give me a little bit more understanding about potential possibility will actually evolve our design system. So I would say, yes, AI can definitely is gonna help us with a lot of it tedious redundant work, repetitive work, and give us a little bit more, uh, because of all this repetitive work, give us a little more inspiration that we never thought about. So yes, AI is going to help us with our work, but for sure, design system is going to be more important than ever.
0: Interesting, interesting.
1: The moment you think that
0: robots are going to take over the world and take your jobs away, you actually come to realization that... It's the very problem that we've identified at the very beginning that they are going to eliminate. Design systems are boring and
1: they are going to take away the boring part yes. and actually mm-hmm. allow you to be creative. That's exactly what we do to our designers. We are building a design systems so they don't need to think about design systems anymore. They can focus more, spend right. more time on the creative part. That is what AI is not able to do. There. Robots are not as creative as human beings yet but
0: we will discuss this in our next episode so stay tuned for more paper and pain episodes alright this is Steve and Christian have a good night I'll see you on
1: the next episode bye bye